What is happening, everyone? Welcome again to The Window, Canada Sports Betting Podcast. Ahead on today's episode of The Window, it's a Stanley Cup playoff preview episode, but not in the way you'd expect. Don't feel like handicapping each and every hockey game, but you want some action on all of them. I've got a three-part betting system that will have you glued to the hockey playoffs without any work on your part. It's called The Wheel, and the premise is Stanley Cup games are close, and with no home ice advantage, they're only getting closer. It's time to head to the window. Let's go. Welcome to The Window. I'm your host, Matt Russell. Fun, quick episode today as we talk about one of, I don't really want to call it my favorite things in the betting calendar, um, but it's certainly the one that gets the most reaction out of my friend group um, as we talk about the NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. And it's had different names over the years as we've developed this system. And one of them was the wheel and one of them was the whirl. Uh, I can't remember which one applied to sort of which circumstance. But basically what this is, is a, I don't want to say brainless because that's not really fair to everybody, including us, who just sort of uses this as a blind betting system to enjoy the Stanley Cup playoffs. And that's fundamentally what it is. There is no handicapping involved. There is no thinking involved. There's no looking at games and going, oh, I wonder who's going to win this. I wonder who's going to win that. Who do I think, you know, where's the value, et cetera, et cetera. It is a three-part system that if you follow the rules, you... I shouldn't say you're guaranteed to make money because that would be foolish. You're just guaranteed to not get killed over the course of the playoffs. And you probably will make a few dollars. But what you definitely will be doing is having a really good time because you're going to be involved in every single game for the NHL playoffs. So without further ado, let's get right into it. So it's a three-part system and... Two parts are sort of long shot based and the other part is a high percentage win situation. And that high percentage win situation is betting the plus one and a half on the puck line. So we talked about yesterday money lines, which is the, of course, standard way to bet on hockey and baseball. Um, but you have to put up a certain amount of money in certain cases uh, when betting the favorites. You know, you may have to put up 150 to win 100. You may have to put up 200 to win 100, that sort of thing. And this is no different. Uh, the plus one and a half puck line, the puck line, of course, is like a point spread, right? We see point spreads in football and basketball. Well, to try to create a little bit more of an even playing field, uh, they do this in baseball and hockey as well. In baseball, of course, it's called the run line. In hockey, it's called the puck line. And it's a standard one and a half point spread for the favored team. Now, most of the time in hockey, the favored team isn't so much better than the underdog that they 
that using a puck line would even sort of make the odds back to even. A lot of the time, the puck line, you know, betting a favorite minus one and a half, meaning they have to win by two goals or more, of course, is a tough thing to do. And especially in the playoffs, it means you're going to get plus money on a lot of your bets. Well, the theory here with the plus one and a half side taking the underdog it of course means that if the favorite wins by one goal the underdog still wins on the puck line and the theory of course is that this is the playoffs and every game seemingly comes down to a next goal wins circumstance whether that's 2-2 with five minutes left 10 minutes left in regulation or whether that actually means going to overtime and yeah, you are going to have to spend to make money in this circumstance, i.e. if we go down the list of puck line odds, I'm looking right now, and the best lines are as follows, minus 220, minus 180, minus 240, minus 163, minus 235, minus 232, and you get the picture right so the lowest or sort of best odds is a minus 163 and the highest odds there's even a minus 262 now the minus 262 is from the st louis blues and the colorado avalanche and that's of course a super evenly matched game to the point where their money lines are actually equal on either side so if the money line's equal to either side, that means either team can win, which means, of course, that's the best payout you're possibly going to get on the favorite, minus one and a half. And it also subsequently means it's the worst payout that you're going to get <clears throat> on plus one and a half. So if the worst payout you're going to get is minus 262, well, we have to go into our probability cal calculator and decide what we need to win, what percentage of which we need to win on these bets in order to make a profit long term. So we pump 262 into our probability calculator here, and you can find probability calculators on the internet, or you can make one at home on your own. I'll even tell you the formula right now. Formula is pretty elaborate, but if you type in to your spreadsheet, and I quote, equals sum bracket, So if minus 262 is sort of the highest price that we're going to have to pay, i.e. the worst uh, price that we're going to get, then we have to figure out what the probability we need to uh, exceed with our wins here in order to be profitable, right? So if minus 262 is the worst, then we'll pop that into our probability calculator and you can grab a probability calculator off of the internet. Uh, plenty of different sites have them. Uh, same thing with hold calculators. You don't have to do that on your own as well. Uh, but we'll pop minus 262 in and that means uh, minus 262, a break even number of 72.4%. So we have to be right 72.5 or essentially 73% of the time here to be able to make this bet profitable over the long period of time. Now, I say that as in this bet being minus 262, but if that's our worst case scenario, 
then that means the number actually would be a lot less. But we're going to sort of err on the side of caution here and say that minus 262 is standard when it's really, really not. So we go through this and from a recent standpoint, the results of this have been 52 and 17 in the first two rounds last year, right? So in 2019, the plus one and a half was 52 and 17. So it wins a lot of the time, but 52 and 17 is actually 75%. So 75% obviously higher than the 72% or 73% that we need to break even on this bet. And the good news is most of the time, these are prices that are minus 220, minus 240. And like I said, you'll even find some that are minus 180, minus 163, minus 175, that sort of thing. So obviously at those prices, that number comes down considerably with regards to the amount of time this needs to hit. Right, comes down to 70%, 66%, that sort of thing. Even a little bit less when it comes down to minus 175, minus 180, that sort of thing. So we would happily take 75% again right this second, knowing that minus 262 is kind of going to be the worst price that we can possibly get, right? At 52 and 17 or 75%, minus 300 is actually the break even number. Uh, like the break-even odds that we would need um, to break even. So anything better than minus 300 at a 75% win rate is totally worth doing. So in this case, minus 262, we'll take that every single time. Now you say, why are we doing this? And we're doing this for two reasons. One, exciting hockey, Ex playoff hockey. Playoff hockey wasn't built on 4-2, 5-2, you know, six, three games. It was built on three to two games, games going to overtime. And going to overtime means you win. So going to overtime, you cease having to cheer for anyone at that point, And you can just enjoy overtime hockey for what it is, right? Some of the best sport possible, right? Most entertaining sporting going is the NHL Stanley Cup playoff overtime. So you've already won once it goes to overtime at plus one and a half. You've, of course, won if the underdog has won by two goals or three goals, which happens quite frequently in the playoffs because a lot of the times we don't even really know who's supposed to win these games, and sometimes the wrong team can be favored. And in that circumstance where the wrong team's favored, obviously you should be taking the underdog. Well, just because the wrong team's favored doesn't necessarily mean that's going to be a winning bet. But at least with plus one and a half goals, we get uh, you know a little bit of leeway, let's say. So plus one and a half, you're winning 52 out of uh, 69 games over the last uh, over the first two rounds last season for 75%. So you're winning a lot of the time, but you need to be winning a lot of time to be profitable. So in the meantime, let's throw in some sort of underdog type fun where you don't need to win. 75% uh, of the time. In fact, you don't even have to win 50% of the time. So the next part of the wheel, this theory, is betting a prop that not every website necessarily has. And it's a prop, a pregame prop, and it's the team to score first wins, and the prop and the bet is no. 
So essentially this means the team that goes down one nothing wins, the team that doesn't score first wins. You could say it in a bunch of different ways, but the way they frame it is team to score first wins, no. And for a while there, when this system essentially was in its heyday, you would get plus 200, plus 195, plus 190 was often the sort of lowest odds that you could possibly get. Well, it's since been caught on to, I think, to a degree, but it's still really, really fun. The first round last year went 19 and 27 on teams essentially coming back from down one nothing, and 25 and 44 for the first two rounds. So we talked about 52 and 17 for 75% in the first two rounds for the plus one and a half but it's 25 and 44 for 36% in that first round. Well, what does that mean with regards to translating into a money line, right? So we're gonna take our trusty probability calendar or calculator, excuse me, and we're gonna pop in that number and essentially 0.36 and we've got plus 175 is essentially the number that we're looking for in order to make this a profitable bet. Now the bad news is they're on to us and that number is probably going to be the number that's most frequently given, plus 175. Maybe we'll get some plus 180s. I certainly doubt that we're going to get plus 190 uh, as we used to, but you never know. If we do, that's great. And we're still about a week, week plus away from finding out what these actual numbers are going to be um but if we can get plus 175 which i think is probably going to be the low i think that's absolutely the way to do it and you say well why are we going to do that well for one thing it's the playoffs and in general the anytime a team goes down one nothing First of all, that's no longer a death sentence like it was in the late 90s, early 2000s. And two, the intensity gets ratcheted up by the team that goes down early. The unfortunate circumstances are if a game goes 0-0 into overtime or 0-0 late into the third, you run out of time or possibility for a team to come back from going down one nothing. But these days, fortunately, there's enough scoring in the game that there's often at least one goal in the first period and a team gets plenty of chances to tie it up and go on uh, to win. And the other thing is plus 175 is often better than the odds you would get from live betting a team that goes down one nothing. So a team will go down one nothing, and again most of these games are pretty close to a coin flip with regards to the odds that are you know on the game line. So if you go through it, that first day, uh, Rangers and Carolina, that's, ba that's essentially an even money on one side and minus 120 to 125 on Carolina. Uh, Chicago and Edmonton, in theory, sort of a lopsided type of game. Chicago is plus 125 to 135, and Edmonton is minus 145 to minus 155. So let's say Edmonton scores the first score goal there. What does Chicago's plus money uh, money line change to? Well, yeah, it probably changes close to plus 200, maybe even a little bit more. Kind of depends, obviously, on what time of the game that first goal 
happens. I think we expect a lot of goals from the Chicago Edmonton series, as indicated by the fact that their pregame total is a firm six goals. There's only one other series, I should say there's two other series that have totals at and around that range, and those are Columbus and Toronto. And it's not a series, but it's an opening game. The Washington and Tampa Bay uh, game in their round robin are both six or six and a half. So we expect a you know, high-scoring game, and when we expect a high-scoring game, to me that means that if Edmonton scores first, it's not exactly a death shot for Chicago. So anything over plus 200, if you find that, I would live bet that at that point. But I, that also means I think that under plus 200 is probably more the correct number. So, yeah, if it's plus 190 and we've put in plus 175 as the no, then, yeah, we're getting the worse of the number by 10, 15, you know, maybe it's 20, maybe it's 25 cents, right? Again, depends on what time the goal is scored. Uh, again, I would expect goals to be scored early. So the earlier the goal is scored, the lower the uh, adjusted live money line is going to be. Well, I'm willing to trade those 15, 20, 30 cents of value uh, on Chicago for the chance that the Blackhawks score first. And if the Blackhawks score first, get an early goal, first five minutes, first 10 minutes, maybe somehow that's scoreless into the second period, Chicago scores. The live money line on Edmonton that was minus 155, minus 145 before the game started and during the game probably didn't change all that much because again it's 0-0 until the first goal is scored now all of a sudden Chicago scores what's the Edmonton money line going to change to well it's not going to change to much more than plus 110 plus 120 maybe 130 in some spots because they were favored so heavily before the game it's not going to change much once Chicago gets that goal. I should say it's going to change, of course. It's going to change a lot, but it's not going to surpass plus 175. So I'm willing to trade the opportunity or the chance that Edmonton scores first and I have a slightly worse number on Chicago for a really, really good number on Edmonton. Because if Edmonton goes down one nothing against Chicago, based on the fact that the total is six and our just general point of view of Edmonton as a high-octane offense with McDavid and Dreisaitl, it means to me that this number isn't going to be anywhere near plus 170 or 175. So from now, from a game standpoint, you've got a fantastic number on the team that's favored, and they aren't remotely out of the game down one nothing. Same sort of deal for coin flippy type games. Florida and New York, uh, Winnipeg and Calgary. Both games are essentially minus 110 on either side, uh, depending on your sports book, but essentially even on either side of things. And if one of those teams scores first, you're not going to rocket the other team to plus 175, 180, 190, anything like that if that team scores. Right? It's going to go to like plus 150. Again, all of this is depending on what time of the game that the first goal happens. But again, usually there's at least one goal in the first period. So there's very few circumstances where you're better off 
live betting after the team goes down one nothing. Which brings us to the third part of the wheel. Is betting on a team when they go down two goals? So in this circumstance, there isn't an option pre-game to just bet on a team if they go down two goals. So the only way to do that is to bet live, down 0-2. And that's something that you can't do pre-game, of course, which means you have to be watching the games or at least have a good alert system on your phone for when there are goals scored. Now, you say, like, why would I bet a team down 0-2 if we're in the third period? And the answer is you won't. The system only works, in theory, the system only works in the first 25 minutes of the hockey game. So the first period and the first five minutes of the second period. If a team goes down two to nothing, and what's two nothing in the, in hockey? It's the worst lead in hockey. And why is that cliche a thing for hockey people? It's because it's kind of true. Now, it's not true in the sense that it's going to win half the time, so I'm going to win even a third of the time. In fact, it went 5-24 and 24 in the first round over the last two seasons for 17% of the time, which, again, isn't a ton. And we break out our trusty calculator here, and we know that 17.2% of the time that needs to be a plus 475 on average uh, bet that we make. Now, unfortunately, even though a team's down 2 nothing in the first period, sometimes you don't get plus 475. Sometimes it's still only plus 250, right? Let's use that Islanders, Florida Panthers example. If one of those two teams goes down 2 nothing in the first period, the other team's not going to be plus 475 live. Same thing with Calgary and Winnipeg. It's just not. That being said, you can still bet it at plus 250, plus 300, and I would. Because there's going to be circumstances where you get the Penguins scoring two goals early. And now you have to bet Montreal down 0-2 in the first period. And... That's not going to be any fun because you're going to be pretty darn sure you're going to lose that bet. The good news is the line will be closer to plus 800 in that circumstance. And all you need is one miracle, and it's not even that much of a miracle, but one significant comeback for you to pay off all of these other live bets. And 5 and 24 at 17.2% plus 475 is not the best return on investment, but if you catch a couple of these early and you're playing with house money, then it becomes a lot more uh, palatable. And you also don't really realize, you know, you think it's going to be these evenly matched teams like the Panthers and the Islanders, like the the Jets and the, and the Flames, that are going to be the teams that come down from 0-2. Or you think it's going to be the sort of way better team. Let's say Montreal gets up 2-0 in a game. And, you know, Pittsburgh is only going to be like plus 200 to come back and win. But a lot of the times it'll surprise you that 
it's not just those teams. Sometimes the teams like the Carolinas against Washington last year or the Columbus against uh, Tampa Bay last year are the teams that make these comebacks. And you can hit a plus 800 here and there. And I'm quite certain out of those plus, out of those five wins in this circumstance last year, uh, many of them were higher than plus 400. In fact, I'll give you the very first game of the entire playoffs, the Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. People forget because Columbus swept that series that Columbus was actually down two goals. They were down 0-2 and moved to 10-1 to on that live money line. Well, obligatory, have to bet it. Don't love doing it in the first game. You've already got the quote-unquote best team in the league, you know, jumping early at home against one of the worst teams to make the playoffs. And sure enough, Columbus comes back and wins. And the very first game last year, you've already made 10 units on this system, which certainly allowed you to go five, six, seven, eight, ten 10 straight losses with that system, which will happen sometimes. But then you'll get St. Louis against Winnipeg in Winnipeg down 0-2, come back, plus 500, a winner. Carolina in game, I believe it was, what, seven against Washington? That game goes seven or six games. Seven, game seven against Washington. They come back from down 2 nothing to win. And beyond this, these games that, you know, I have marked down as winners from last year, all three of which would have been certainly very surprising circumstances, all three of which were over plus 425 on the odds. But even just looking at it from a narrative standpoint, Winnipeg at home blowing a two-goal lead, Washington at home blowing a two-goal lead in Game 7 to Carolina of all teams, Tampa Bay blowing a two-goal lead to Columbus in the first game of the playoffs at home with them on the ropes. All things that you wouldn't expect to happen that you would never bet, you know, when left to your own devices, right? You would be watching that game and you would be like, oh, down to nothing, these games are over, you know, blah, 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 blah. But beyond those that are just wins that we never would have played, there's a ton of these that may have not won because they lost in overtime, meaning that the team down 0-2 was able to battle throughout the rest of the game, and in some cases that's the rest of 50 more minutes because it was 2-0 in the first 10 minutes, and in some cases that was with 35 minutes left to go because it was right at the start in the first five minutes of the second period. But these teams fought back, tied the game, in some cases took the lead and then went to overtime and then lost in overtime. Now, there's certainly an option there if you have a crazy number on a team, plus 500, plus 800, I guess would be more crazy, even plus, you know, 1,000, 10 to 1, like some of these. You go to overtime, you can live bet out of that to save yourself the initial unit. You can live bet over the top if you're that convinced that the quote-unquote better team is going to end up winning the game. You have a lot of different options there. Of course, that doesn't account for 
you know, in your accounting of the down O2 live circumstance. And again, this is another reason to have multiple outs from a sportsbook standpoint, because each sportsbook will offer a very different number in their live betting. It's not just a point spread situation here where basketball and football, one, one book has minus seven and a half as the new point spread, the other has minus eight and a half, or minus eight and a half with different juice or whatever. whatever. Some of these sports books have considerably different money lines available on either the favorite or the underdog. And if we're shopping around and it can mean one extra unit that, you know, it means you're getting plus 600 instead of plus 500, that's one extra potential free bet to try this again next time. That being said, we're going to lose a lot, right? Even in a good circumstance last year, it won five times in the first or in the last two seasons, I should say, in the first round. It's only won five times. But it's still profitable because of the odds that we're giving up. In the same way that the plus one and a half portion of the wheel can be not profitable even if it wins 70% of the time. So you're going to go into these games, you're going to have plus one and a half, and you're going to have team down one nothing wins. So you're always, unfortunately, kind of cheering. You're not just cheering for the underdog, you're also cheering for the team that's losing. That is until the game gets tied. So once the game gets tied, you're in a great spot with your plus one and a half. You're in a good spot with your da team down one nothing wins. And if you're tied after being down 0-2, you're in a phenomenal spot with a tie game going to overtime with a plus 300, a plus 600, who knows. And you're gonna win a lot on the plus one and a halves because you're gonna need to. And you're not gonna win very much on the down O2s, and hopefully we win 40, 45, maybe 50% of the time on the down one nothing wins. So this combination of bets, you've got heavy favorites and you've got heavy underdogs, you've got high win percentages and you've got low win percentages, but it all just comes back to one thing. The desire for the game to be close. And what I mean by that is that when a team goes up and a team goes down, the team goes up, may let up a little bit, may not, but the other team, the team that's down, especially in the playoffs, their intensity level goes up. So the game gravitates to a tie. That's why so many Stanley Cup playoff games go to overtime. It gravitates to a tie. It gravitates to a close game. So even if you're down two goals, you not, you're not going to give up, right? Essentially, you're going to even try harder. If you're down one nothing early, that's only going to get your attention. The other factor is, as we go into this, you know, dual bubble system that the NHL has for the Stanley Cup playoffs, is you're not going to have the same circumstance where going a road team going into a hostile arena and getting blown out, you know, giving up a quick couple of goals and things unraveling for them completely. You're not going to have that circumstance. Going down two goals, you won't even notice it because the crowd isn't in a frenzy. They're not chanting. They're not doing, you know, they're not aggressively yelling for 60 minutes of hockey. It's just two teams out there playing hockey. And you go down 2 nothing, and nobody's, you know, you can't hear about it. 
you may forget that you're down to nothing. Sure, you know you're down to nothing from a intensity standpoint, but you're you're not pushing that boulder up the hill the same way you are when you go into Chicago, when you go into Winnipeg, when you go into Boston, when you fill in the blank place. When you go into any of these places and you go down to nothing and it's it feels like a literal avalanche. It feels like you're swimming upstream. We're not going to have that circumstances. So I think in general, we're going to have more teams coming back from down to nothing. We're going to have more teams that are down one nothing come back. So automatically, I think there's going to be value more so. I think the record is going to be better. I think team down one nothing that's been 25 and 44 over the last two is going to be that's going to be a better record this year. The live down 02 is going to have a better record this year. As for the plus one and a half, I don't know how much that changes. Maybe a little bit. Um, you know, maybe it's the same theory. Less teams winning by two goals because of all of this. Uh, the one issue, obviously, with the plus one and a half is you can have a close game. Five minutes to go. One team scores. And guess what happens with two minutes to go? You know, it used to be one minute. The goalie gets pulled. Now it's two minutes to go. And you're sweating out that. And that's rough because a lot of plus one and a halfs can go to die with the empty net goal. And you say there's empty net goals all the time. And you'd be right. There are empty net goals all the time. But sometimes those empty net goals are from the team that was the underdog. The team that was plus one and a half has taken that late lead. Because underdogs win all the time in hockey. So you can't just assume that every empty net goal is going to kill your plus one and a half bet. <clears throat> so that's the system. Plus one and a half. Laying a lot of juice. I get it. It's not fun. But it's going to win a significant amount of time. So if it can win 75% of the time, we're going to be just fine. Team down one nothing, or team to score first wins. No. Team to score first loses. However you want to frame it. Uh, we're hoping for plus 175. We're hoping for better than plus 175, I should say. And then the one you got to be alert for, and you got to just close your eyes and fire sometimes. Down 0-2 early in the first 25 minutes. I can't tell you how important that is. First 25 minutes, they go down 0-2. That still leaves 35 minutes for the other team to come back. If a t one team, if any of these teams can score two goals in the first 25 minutes, the other team certainly can score two goals in the next 35 minutes. So that one you have to be on top of, you have to be ready for. So that's the system. Again, totally brainless in a lot of ways, except for the fact that you have to be watching, you have to be paying attention, you have to realize when a team goes down to nothing. And we're going to have games that start at noon. And so you're going to be at work. <laughs> and it's going to be 1.15. And you're going to get a notification. Columbus has taken a two-goal lead over Toronto. And you're going to have to hop on your book. You're going to have to know where the best money lines are. But this is, this is the stuff that is on you. And again, we're trying to give you the tools here so that you can do this on your own. So stay on top of it. Be ready to go. Uh, we'll talk about this again. We'll talk about this consistently over the course of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, we will lament the losses. We will cheer for the wins. Uh, and essentially, we'll be excited to see all playoff games going deep into overtime 
uh, or at least late game tied situations. Uh, that's it for uh, this episode. We're going to be back again tomorrow with uh, more stuff on the NHL. Uh, we're going to have some baseball stuff. Uh, anyway, big week as we slowly but surely get back to big four major team sports being back. I'm at MRussAuthentic on Twitter. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. Until next time, I'll see you at the window.